0: All right, we've got a batch to go. Topics worthy of discussion with our Monday panel intact and in studio. Adrian Batra is the editor-in-chief of the Toronto Sun. Good afternoon.
1: It's a great afternoon for talk radio, John.
0: Thank you for reading my mind as it is, Adrian. Mike Van Solen, principal at Navigator.
2: How do? I'm doing great, John. Good to be here. Likewise, good to have you here. And Gord Perks, counselor for Parkdale High Park. How's Gord? I'm good. And John, if I may just say, your audience can't see it, but that shirt. It's It's sunshine, summer in the city. I, I... it's 1967 all over it again. I got a Gavita, yeah. li- baby.
1: If any of your <laughs> listeners are on Instagram, they need to go to my Instagram now okay. because I have Instagram because this is so picture worthy. There's just words cannot describe it.
0: Well, rem- it's fabulous. Remember what the Dormouse said, feed your head. <laughs> feed your head. <laughs> I don't know what I've wandered into here. I don't know where that's here. going, okay. but okay. A uh, little white rabbit for you kids. Uh, let me ask you, Counselor Perks, there was a story I was relating last hour that I've come across here. It's right in your hood there. In Parkdale, apparently, there's some folks who are upset with one particular real estate agent, uh, and he's been hashtagged now as the man who sold Parkdale, Gentrifications become an issue. They say this guy, and they've named him allegedly. It's uh, Nick Brewerton who sold like 180 units of Parkdale housing in the last three years, and uh, they say that this is not not the appropriate thing to be happening because it's a uh, well. I guess taking the community away from the residents, the gentrification issue has is also played large in other parts of the city. I mean, we see that in the junction and so on and so forth. But they've gone on a full-on fatwa uh, in this tweet. Hey, vampire realtors and weasel greedy developers, leave Parkdale residents alone. People need a safe, affordable place to live. They have that now. Get lost, you creeps. That means you, Nick. Brewerton, let me ask you: If there's there's a call for the government to intercede uh, and uh, maybe regulate
2: against this kind of thing happening, you think that's appropriate? So th- we actually, I have taken a couple of steps to try to uh, let me step back. So first of all, we have to remember that uh, things in Parkdale are are getting out of control. We are losing. We think maybe 10,000 units of affordable private market housing this decade. Uh, so we've seen rent strikes. We've seen this kind of campaign. It is it is people who are literally choosing between fighting back and becoming homeless. So I've introduced some stuff at the city to try to protect what we call a dwelling room. There is some protection for regular tenants from uh, being displaced as as places redevelop. But people in rooming houses don't have that same protection. I've taken that step. I've also made some money available so that not-for-profits can step up and go buy these rooming houses and operate them as rooming houses. All right, so when you say you've taken steps, be a little more concrete. What are those steps? Well, the two that I just outlined, uh, one to give some protection in law, we have what's called a rental, pr- uh, rental retention bylaw at the City of Toronto. If there are more than six units, someone buys the place you live in, uh, they can't just throw you out onto the street, they've got to give, help you find a new apartment at similar rent, similar size. It doesn't protect smaller units, so I've got the city working on changing the language so those smaller units get that kind of protection too. And the second is to provide some money to uh, not-for-profit housing providers to go in and be in the market trying to buy up some of these places so they don't all get evicted, and then have the place become a really posh resident. What kind of money? Uh, we're starting with a, mo- uh, a modest million and a half on a pilot basis. Mm. Uh, a, a piece of this is to be quick in the real estate market. We're saying it can be done at the staff level and doesn't require all that red tape of going through council because you can't wait in this real estate market. <laughs> Well, all right, Adrian. I mean, any thoughts well, on gentrification and whether there's a role
0: well, for a I, municipal? Well, I think,
1: I think I share the uh, frustration of the, the lo- local counselor because I think this is happening in, in, in a lot of other areas. So, I mean, commendable that he's actually taken the proverbial bull by the horns to do something about it and actually have city staff move forward with a with a thoughtful case plan with respect to it because that then can be used in other parts of the city and that's not going to cost, you know, the taxpayers more and, 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 the, and the rate base more. But this is a reality everywhere in the GTHA, not just Toronto, but like all over the place. So we're, I, I noted though, Gord, you said specifically private investment, mm. you know, with respect to the, 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 low income housing, because what we do know, John, is that the city has been Pretty much an abysmal failure when it's been um, as a, one of the biggest landlords in the province, and so there's a, a reality that we need right now, where we have to work with the private sector to be able to develop um, more of this low-income housing. Working working with them, um, my issue, sort of stepping about, uh, sort of of and pivoting a bit from what's happening with this specific issue, is more more and more communities are saying no to having this type of housing in their areas more and more communities are saying no we don't we're not comfortable with this it's all back to sort of that nimbyism so with the counselor here and others i mean they have one more council meeting left next week maybe some sort of resolution can happen but the reality is people need this now people need it efficiently and expeditiously and i'm with all due respect gordon and i think maybe you'll agree with me it's not it's not going to happen quickly enough
0: all right well the other question is i mean is this like a, a free market that? Uh the residents are selling, or whoever owns these right. units, you know, and uh, can you stop gentrification, or is that inevitable?
3: The- well, I don't know if it's inevitable, but we should always remember that it's it's more of a blessing than a curse. I mean, it is a suggestion that uh, money and the economy is is frothing and and uh, and and there's opportunity to around around housing and and so costs go up. Mike, I mean, going after the real estate agent is really crazy. I mean, that that's definitely going after the symptom and not the disease. And I get we have to have affordable housing and, and we need to work at that seriously in the province, i uh, in in the city. I think the province, uh, the new government of Doug Ford, has a real Opportunity to revisit the rent control legislation that was passed by the previous Liberal government, uh, which got away for, of one thing—the ninety-one exemption that sort of allow, allowed allowed uh, allowed rents to move up. We are finally moving into an area where there's purpose-built uh, rental housing coming back into the city, and developers and private investors are doing that because they have to have a, an opportunity to have return on their investment. Uh, we know uh, if there's you know there's a few things that all economists agree on, but all economists pretty well agree that draconian rent control legislation ultimately shrivels up, sort of the private uh, affordable housing, a uh, uh, private supply of rental housing, and uh, and we will pay uh, we'll pay real di- real uh, costs down the road because they'll just stop making that purpose-built uh, rental housing, and uh, uh, and we'll find ourselves choking off supply, and people these difficulties will only be more pronounced. here.
0: All right, well, Gord, I, I guess you. Give him no uh, dispute
2: on that, then. You believe oh. that rent controls are
0: a bad thing. That's good to no, hear. I, I, I,
2: well, first of all, I, I've, I've got a few emails to send to some economists who can uh, forward their work to Mike, because <laughs> he and I have had this conversation before, and I've forwarded work to him before. There's an awful lot of evidence that... that uh, Properly managed rent control actually helps you to achieve better balance. There are all kinds of other economic forces that are contributing to uh, housing affordability. Rent control is is not the thing that's the real problem here. I think you can make just as big a case that uh, you know CMHC uh, Canada Mortgage, Mortgage and Housing Corporation. Is underwriting, what is it now, half a trillion dollars worth of mortgages. That's money they guarantee as profit to banks when people buy homes or buy condos. That's a foot on the gas of the price of housing. The problem is that CMHC years ago, I think it was 93, 4, 5, somewhere in there when Paul Martin was Minister of Finance, dramatically cut their contribution to social housing, co-ops, public housing, not-for-profit housing. And that that lack of balance I think more than anything you can do on the rent control side is why uh, the people. a lot of the people who do, as the movie said, the living and working and dying in this town can't afford to live in it
1: anymore. Well, I think that there, if there's anything that we can all agree on, all of it is a, it's a culmination of problems. It's not just one specific little thing we can pick at, John. Mm. It's, going to be, it's, it's going to be a culmination of rent control issues. It's going to be control, an issue of what perhaps previous federal governments have done with respect to funding. But at the end of the day... We have successive municipal governments that have allowed this to culminate to a point where it's actually a crisis. And that is, I think, if any anything we can agree on, this is where we are right now. And there is no quick fix. This is not going to be changed overnight. And we are talking four, eight 12 years down the road but the problem is is those people that need it the most now aren't getting the getting well, the help. sure
0: and people want to move into attractive neighborhoods that are uh you know up and coming they see that there are cheap real estate prices they get in there they gentrify it a few nice bistros come in and so on and so forth it's sort of an organic thing and to forestall that uh I don't know how you're going to do. It sounds to me like that's almost shoveling sand against the tide. Let me come back. I wanted to uh, move on to other topics worthy of discussion, including some public health considerations. That's up next with our panel. Gord Perks, Mike Van Solen, Adrian Batcher on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.